There's a few specific points from 1 John we want to hit on. Um, you guys will read it, and then we can kind of do the detox um, tomorrow. Um, and um, you don't have to write down the, the two things this time around, but I do want you to read through the entire book um, tonight. Um, in that broad outline, if you took notes, um, chapter 1, verse 5 through chapter 3, verse 10, uh, God is light, so walk in light. That's really the analogy that John's going to focus on. Chapter 3, verse 11 through chapter 5, verse 17, God is love, so walk in love. That's really going to be the, um, the, the imagery that he's going to be working with there. And so you'll see how um, this book kind of, kind of breaks into those two big chunks. Um, what I really want to do is um, so much of 1 John is very easy to understand. Like First John 4, don't be like Cain. What did Cain do? Killed his brother. Instead, walk in love. And if you are saying that you belong to the God of love and you have no love for God's other children, then you really need to reevaluate your standing with God. Like all of that's really clear, right? Like there's not, Mr. Graven, what does this mean? Well, I mean, you can probably figure that out on your own. Like this is a pretty simple book. It's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, it's pretty, um, you know, kind of keeps stuff on a low shelf. Um, there are two passages in it that are kind of brief that do warrant quite a bit of discussion though. And one of them is particularly interesting in first John two. Um, you ever heard of this, this figure before that people call the antichrist? Um, what book of the Bible do you associate the antichrist with? Hmm? Revelation. Revelation never uses the word antichrist. It's not there. The place where the term antichrist actually appears is um, primarily in 1 John, and then either 2nd or 3rd John uses it again. I think it's 2nd John uses it again. Um, the term antichrist only appears in 1 John and then like one other usage in 2nd John. Never actually appears in Revelation. Uh, which should interest you a good deal, I think, because um, do people, you know, tend to talk about the Antichrist a lot? And they tend to associate him with in the world stuff. And they usually, you know, you go to a gas station, 8 o'clock in the morning, and sometimes the old geezers there start talking about the Bible, which is usually dangerous. Uh, and, uh, you know, you start hearing them, you know, oh, Revelation says the Antichrist will, well, does it? Um, there's a figure in Revelation called the Beast. And a lot of people want to take three figures to really be one figure. They will, um, there's one that we've already talked about in Thessalonians. Do you remember the, the really bad guy in Thessalonians, what he was called? The son of lawlessness? Huh? The son of lawlessness? Man of lawlessness. Um, who we said, you know, it really fits the bill if we take that to actually be Titus and the man of lawlessness being about the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. But a lot of people want to take the man of lawlessness from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. They want to take the Antichrist from 1 John 2. And they want to take the beast who appears... Um, the first time he appears is in Revelation 13, and then he continues on for a while. So I'll just put um, Revelation 13 and following. Um, 
But a lot of people want to take these three figures to be the same guy. I'm going to really argue against that for the remainder of the class. I'm going to argue that there's really nothing in the text that says, equate these guys. That's something that the that people are doing that I don't really think the scriptures are giving us warrant for. Um, again, we've already um, seen how taking a totally like end of the world approach to the man of lawlessness is pretty difficult. Um, and there's a lot of um, there's a there's a lot that makes sense if you take it to be Titus in 70 AD. Um, so, you know, we still need to cover these other guys. We'll, we'll cover Revelation after high school trip. Um, but here we do run into the Antichrist language for the first time. So, um, open, you guys are already at first John 2, correct? If you don't have a Bible, you need to be looking on with somebody. Um, first John chapter 2, uh, we want to tackle... Actually, just start off by reading verse 18. Let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose somebody. Faith Hall. 1 John 2, 18, please. Okay, so right there we see a phenomenon we've seen all throughout the Old Testament. John says he's living when? In the last hour. He says, little children, it is the last hour. You've heard Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. That's how we know it's the last hour. So um, Paul uses similar language. He says, we are, um, he says to his churches, we're living at the end of the age. He says to Timothy, we're living in the last days. Um, uh, Book of Hebrews does that as well. Um, and here John says, the last hour. Uh, so again, terms like last hour, last day, end of the age, what do those refer to in the New Testament? The time before Jesus' second coming, or after his death. Yeah, former days, or, or um, whenever, whenever the Bible talks about the former days, it's any time before Jesus' is coming. Whenever it talks about the last day, or the last hour, or the end of the ages, it's talking about the period of time between his first and second coming. And again, John is placing himself in the last hour. Okay. Now, pay really close attention to what he says in verse 18. This is what Faith read a second ago. He says, children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. He, he tells them, you have heard. That Antichrist. Is coming. You've heard that uh, singular or plural. Past, present, future. Future. Yeah, he is coming, um, but this would be he's not appeared yet, right? So as John is writing this, he says, you've heard that Antichrist is coming. That would be he is coming, like technically, grammatically, this is present tense, but he's meaning the Antichrist is coming when? 
later in the future, right? This is what you have heard. You have heard that this is happening. Then John says in verse 18, so now many antichrists and singular plural here, plural, have what in verse 18? So now many antichrists have come, past, present, or future, past, and also maybe what, since he says now, present. Uh, so there's a couple of different ways that people have approached this text. One way that people have approached this text is to say, um, in, in John's day and age, there were already uh, many, many kind of lesser antichrists. But in the future, there would be one great antichrist who came. You know how in the Old Testament there were types of Christ? What's an example of a type of Christ from the Old Testament? Sort of, yeah, we talked about that yesterday, sure. Um, what would be some of the really obvious types of Christ in the Old Testament figures that kind of foreshadowed Jesus? Hmm? Moses leading his people out of slavery into the land of God's promise where they could be in fellowship and relationship with God. The book of Hebrews uses the Moses story that way and says it's pointing you forward to Jesus. What would be another um, type of Christ? Like the Passover when they paint the blood. Yeah, yeah. So some people read this text as saying just as there were kind of types of Christ that came before the true Christ came. Um, some people read 1 John 2.18 to say there are kind of types of the Antichrist that come, lesser Antichrist. But then one day the actual Antichrist will come. All right. So, you know. There's really bad guys who oppose Christianity and oppose the church and, and oppose goodness that come on the world scene, and all of them are kind of pointing you forward to the really bad one who would come. So, so like Hitler would, would maybe be one of these guys, but he's not that guy yet, or something like that. That's how some people read this. Is there another way that you could read that verse? Does this verse remind you, does it... Does it sound like anything else you've heard in the New Testament? You have heard. Already not yet. Hmm? Okay, yeah, you could you could kind of hear an already not yet maybe in it. Like the, the Antichrist is already here, but not, not yet the way that he will be. But I mean like the actual wording. You have heard it said, and then someone says something else. You remember this in the Sermon on the Mount? The Pharisees have certain ethical standards. And Jesus looks at the crowds and says, you've heard it said. And then he quotes one of the Pharisees' ethical standards. And then he follows up by saying, but now I say to you. And what does he do? Does he, does he agree 100% with the Pharisees? No. So you've heard it said, blah, blah, blah. But now I say to you, and is the thing that he's saying in full agreement with the Pharisees? What's he doing? 
changing or what other words could we use? Correcting an error of the philosopher. The Correcting an error. Yeah. John uses the same formula. You've heard that a singular antichrist is coming in the future. So now, in the present, many antichrists have already come. It could be that this church that John is addressing believes in one future coming antichrist, and John is saying, That's a possible interpretation. Violet? Mm -hmm. So, um, these are kind of the two ways that it's approached. Is this um, Antichrist, if you are anti, what, what does that mean? If you are anti, you are against, against something. So, Antichrist literally just means, uh, it, it literally just refers to someone who is against Christ. So there's a sense in which Paul, before he converted, was what? Antichrist, right? Um, technically speaking, if you keep reading down, it says um, in verse, someone read verse 22 of chapter 2. So someone is antichrist if they deny what? The Father and the Son. The Father and the Son. If they if they deny that Jesus is God, if they deny that He is Savior, if they uh, deny the truths of the gospel, then they are labeled antichrist. All right, that is the spirit of the antichrist. It's the teaching of the antichrist. So um, you know, really, anybody who is opposed to Christ could receive the label antichrist, especially people who vehemently oppose the church or, or who oppose the preaching of the gospel, they are acting as antichrist. And so, um, you know, it could be that John is saying, yeah, maybe there's one really bad dude who's coming in the future, but even now, um, antichrist is already at work in the world. There's many antichrists who have already come and are already opposing the church and the teachings of Christ. Or it could be that they have the idea of one against Christ figure. John is saying, stop worrying about that. Worry instead about the reality that, that you're actually facing. Worry instead about the many antichrists who have already come. So, uh, these are the two ways that this text has primarily been approached. Which one are you familiar with? What have you heard about Antichrist? The Hollywood version? The one guy? Yeah. Yeah. Usually comes from the north, right? Or the east, depending on which prophecy people pay attention to. Or you take those to be, you know, not about the Antichrist, which is what I would probably do. Um, so, uh, you know, just something to think about as you read through that text. Maybe have these two views in your mind and, and try to, you know, play with them a little bit. Um, 
The other text that warrants some attention is uh, right after this. Um, Somebody read chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. All right, and then someone read uh, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. What does that text say is going to happen? Um, what verb does it use uh, about the appearing? What are you going to do? You're going to be like him because you... Who is that referring to? See what kind of love the Father has given to us. So who are we talking about right now? The Father. That we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Who is that him referring back to? Who's been the subject? The Father. Behold, we are God's children. So it's still talking about who? Mm -hmm. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. It's a very interesting text. Because who does it seem like we're going to see? The Father. And what is true of God the Father? First Timothy 6 says he dwells in unapproachable light. And John chapter 4 says he is spirit. Can you see spirit? If you can see spirit, you should go to a psychiatrist. Um, you know, um, and, and you should also, also watch the sixth sense and wonder, um, you know, about, about a lot of things. Um, you guys seen that movie before? I see dead people. Yeah, great movie. Kind of messed me up for a little while. Not going to lie. Um, so, great movie, though. Um, but yeah, um, the, the way that I think we interpret this is in, in John chapter 14, um, Jesus makes this really cryptic statement to his disciples about seeing the Father. And the disciples respond to say, we, we, haven't, we haven't ever seen the Father. How do we see the Father? And Jesus responds and says, if you have seen me, you have seen my father. And he goes on and says, I am in the father. The father is in me. John 17, he says, I and the father are one. He says that again in John 10, verse 30. And so the idea is um, one day what's going to happen to us is Christ is going to return. 
and we're going to be raised from the dead. Part of our body is our eyes, right? And whenever our bodies are raised from the dead and our, and our spirits reunite with our bodies, uh, we are physically going to see God. You say, well, how do we do that? He's, he's spirit. The answer is that Jesus became what? Fully what? He became fully man. And he could look at his disciples and, and say, if you have seen me, you've seen God. And did Jesus, like, ditch his human body before he ascended into heaven? No, he's still fully man, and he's going to be through all eternity. And whenever Christ appears, we're going to see God because we're going to see the face of Jesus. And whenever this happens, it says in verse 2 that we're going to be like him because we'll see him as he is. Somehow the, the, the side of Jesus's glory that we get in that moment is going to be so beautiful and so powerful that it's going to purge us of sin and make us completely holy. God's face is going to shine upon us and we're going to be transformed fully into his image. So um, you guys have seen the Bible Project video on 1 John. Um, these are a few comments on a couple of the confusing parts. Uh, I'm going to give you the rest of class to read first John, get started on it. And you know what, since I'm giving you guys 10 minutes to do that in class, I'm going to go ahead and throw in second and third John for the reading tonight so that we can cover those in class tomorrow. So, um, both of these are just an extra chapter, but since you have so much time left here at the end of class, read all three of the, of the John books.